0: Hey, we do welcome you, and if you're a guest today, uh, let me just uh, tell you, we're delighted that you're here in your worship uh, bulletin and your guide there. There's a little registration card. We'd love for you to take it out and and complete that, and you can drop that in the offering plate in a few minutes when we take up our offering. And that can be your offering to Great Hills Baptist Church today, just to know that you are here, that God has uh, led you here today, not by an accident, but by a divine sovereign providential plan God so orchestrated events that would place you right here right now for such a time as this and we're very delighted that you're here guests. we don't take that for granted we know that God sends us many uh, single adults many senior adults many families children and as you notice up here earlier these precious families with their babies so God bless you we welcome you we're so glad that you're here now we are in a five-part series of messages at Great Hills and I'm very grateful to our staff, some of our younger guys on staff that helped me preach uh, those two, first two sermons. If you'll notice in your, in your guide, in your, your bulletin there on the front, here are our messages that we're preaching. The first one is A Blessed Life. And thank you, Jeffrey Samplasky, my son-in-law, for preaching a great message on The Blessed Life. So thank you. And then the next one is uh, the, blessed, uh, the Blessed Home. There you see number two, the blessed home, and thank you, Daniel Van Cleef. Now, we were in Hawaii for a couple weeks. I know somebody had to go, right? Somebody had to go represent in Maui, and we did. We represented you. I was a part of a team of ten, and God blessed our time as we did some minor construction, lots of painting, and some teaching, and some preaching, and it was great to go, and it is uh, even greater to be back home in our church family. And this is what we're talking about today, number three there is the blessed church. The cross is representing uh, the church, and I get to preach on the blessed church today. Next week, I get to share with you a message on the blessed nation, and then finally on the blessed world. So, blessed are you. Blessed am I that we get to live in the greatest country in the world, that we get to live in the greatest state in the Union. Can I get an amen to that? Go, Texas. And... We live in one of the greatest cities in all the world here in Austin, and God has so positioned and blessed us here in northwest Austin at Great Hills Baptist Church, a church that's 60-plus years of age, a church that loves Jesus, a church that is worshiping God, studying the Word of God, and reaching out not only to our city but to the cities of the world. And I'm honored, I'm so very honored and blessed to have been the pastor here for the last seven years and just grateful to God for what he's doing at Great Hills and so today we're going to look at some characteristics some traits if you will some features of a church that we would call is blessed or blessed and what I want to do is look at uh, the book of Acts when we read the book of Acts especially the early chapters you see the first church that God created and I think it serves as a beautiful template a beautiful model for every subsequent church in every epoch of time, every milieu, every generation of time. If we will take the time and look back at that early church in its very embryonic, early formative stages, all the characteristics of all the great churches are, I mean, just isolated and right there in the church at Jerusalem. When you read Acts chapters 1 and 2, you, you just can't help but be excited for what God has done. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, he said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He tells the early believers, he says, I love you, I die for you, for your sins. I will be buried, and on the third day I will rise from the dead. And praise God, Jesus Christ was true to his word. He did all of those things. He lived a perfect life. He died a vicarious, substitutionary death. He was placed in a borrowed tomb, and up from the grave three days later, Jesus Christ, he arose from the dead, and we celebrate it. We celebrate it not only on Easter, but we celebrate it every Sunday, really every day of our lives. And then Jesus said, before I go back to the Father, before he ascends to the Father, he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to wait. And they're like, what? There's so much to be done. You want us to wait? He said, yes, I want you to wait, and I want you to pray. And by the way, those are two things we have a hard time with, isn't it? Waiting and praying. And Jesus says, I want you to wait in Jerusalem, Acts 1-4, because I am going to send you the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, He's going to teach you, He's going to empower you, He's going to make you bold witnesses, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to wait, and I want you to pray. And so when you come to Acts chapter 1-14, verse 14, there they are, true to the Lord. You have Mary, the mother of Jesus. You have some of the brothers of Jesus. You have the early disciples. There's 120 of them. They're in an upper room in Jerusalem, and they are praying. They're waiting on the Holy Spirit, and here it is. We get to see this church in action, and I think it behooves us and is very wise and prudent of the church today. If we want to be a great church, a radiant church, a church that is uh, on fire for God, then we need to go back to that church and look at the way they treated one another, look at the way they treated the, the community in which they lived, but most of all, the way they worshiped God and loved God. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at, oh my goodness, there's like, there's like 10 characteristics that I wanted to look at. And I know we don't have time for 10, but how about two? Would you give me time for two? I want to look at two of those key characteristics, those markers of a church in Jerusalem that serves as a model church for the church today. And here's what I think will happen. As we study God's Word together today, and as we look at it and say, Holy Spirit, we humble ourselves before you teach us, help us to be this kind of church. Now, there's two types of churches. There's the big C church, all right, the big C, and then there's the little C. We're part of the church of Jesus Christ all over the globe, all right? For 2,000 years, two millennia, the Holy Spirit has been building the people of God. And I'm telling you, God is doing an awesome work all over this world, the big sea. Then there's a the little sea, and that's us. That's the part we get to play, 10,500 uh, Jollyville. We're gathered on Sunday, and praise the Lord, we're scattered throughout the rest of the week. And so what I want to do is look at the big church macro, yes. But more than that, I want to look at our church as it resembles and relates to the church there at Jerusalem. All right? So let me pray for us and then we'll get right into the message. All right? Let's pray together. So glad that you're here today. Thank you, Lord, that everybody here today is here for a reason. And God, you have blessed us so much, allowing us the privilege, the freedom to come and to worship you. Thank you, Lord, for what we've heard already that we can be blessed in our individual lives through a relationship with you. And Jesus, we can be, and we are, so many are blessed with wonderful families with spouses and children and grandchildren and nieces and nephews and cousins, and we thank you for that. But we also thank you, Lord, for the church, that God, as this concentric circle moves out from our relationship with you and our family, the next border, the next realm, the next rhythm of life is the church. Your people, God, gathered. Your people, God, filled with the Holy Spirit. Your people, Lord, in unity and in prayer, marching forward in the name of Jesus under the banner of the cross and doing amazing and mighty things in your name. Lord, may it be true and may it be so in our lives and in the life of our church. We're asking you, O Holy Spirit, to fill us, to use us. Bless those that are here today, God, with heavy hearts. Lord, some are having such a hard time lord just in their lives and in their families and in their finances and lord it's just, it's just life's just hard for them right now so i'm praying for them i'm praying that you would just come alongside them and show them they are not alone that you love them god and that you've given them a family and you've given them the family of god and may they be built up and blessed in their lives and for those lord who are soaring Lord, some in this room today are just doing mighty things in your name, and I thank you for them. And I pray that, God, you just continue to lift them up to do great things for your name. So, Lord, teach us. Holy Spirit, be our teacher. Thank you for the Word of God. May we get in it, and may we just learn from it, and then go and practice it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the two characteristics I want to look at with you today, first of all, and by the way, they're very important in the sequence, the ordering of them. Number one is unity, and number two is prayer. Now, I know there's all kinds of characteristics of the the church in Acts. In Acts 2, 42 through 47, you see a church that's gathered together in Jerusalem. They have received the Holy Spirit. They're receiving the teaching of the Word of God. They are fellowshipping with one another. There are signs and wonders and miracles being done they are growing they are worshiping they are finding favor with God and with man and I'm telling you, you read that and you're like wow I'd like to be a part of that I would love to be a part of a church like that well guess what it can happen we can do this we have the same Je- Ooh, listen. we have the same Jesus that arose from the dead and the same holy spirit that came at Pentecost is the same holy spirit alive and well Today. It's not that God can't, it's just that we have desire it and want it, okay? So, oh, by the way, let me, let me just brag on you for just a minute. Talking about a blessed church, I'm, just two things that popped into my head, and there's a lots of things I could say to brag on us and thank the Lord for us, but uh, so many of you went out Saturday a week ago to Port Arthur and you loved on Port Arthur, and God bless you, there were about a thousand of us believers that went and they sent me the list of the names of all the Great Hills Baptist Church, it took up a whole page, a whole page of na- your names on the list there. And I thought, thank you, Lord, for those believers who went out and took the whole day on a Saturday, said no to college football, amen, and said yes to loving on Port Arthur. Now that just borders on the miraculous if you think about it. <laughs> and then I want to brag on our students. Uh, many of our students yesterday got together and Jeffrey and Hannah were telling me about it and a bunch of them said, you know what? We want to get together and just go out and bless our widows. Now, these are teenagers. These are middle school and high school students saying, Can we just go and just spend the day with our widows and love on them and encourage them? And that's exactly what they did. After a bunch of the ladies got up here yesterday, I wasn't invited. Thank you. Appreciate not, not being invited to my own church, to a ministry. But you know, I'm just kidding. I'm the wrong gender. All right? No men were invited except those that play in the band and that sort of thing, except Ross. Ross is invited to everything, amen? I mean, he just comes. He's like the Holy Spirit. He just appears everywhere, you know? He's just, he's just everywhere. He's everywhere. <clears throat> but he was here yesterday. Thank you, Ross, for being here. But, man, these ladies, you just see the joy of God, the love of God. These, these ladies, thank you, Carice, they were inspired. And, and those are just a few examples that just happened within the last few days that just show me how blessed we are and how God is alive and well and using great hills. Is it all right if I brag on our church just a little bit? I would love bragging on our church, love our church. Okay, so here we go. A blessed church is a unified church. So let me read Acts chapter 1. I'll read a couple of verses from chapters 1 and 2. And by the way, pray for me. I'm really praying at the beginning of the year what to preach. I have the rest of my messages pretty much lined out for the rest of 2017. But I'm really considering the book of Acts. But pray for me that God would give me wisdom on what to preach. But here we go. These all continued, and they were very divided, and they were fussing and fighting with one another. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm reading the wrong verse here. Let me, let me get this right here. That's not what it says, does it? They were all together in one accord. In prayer, supplication, with the women, there's Mary, the mother of Jesus, and they are with his brothers. And when the day of Pentecost comes, you move on over to chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all, here's the second time, in just a few verses, right? They were all with one accord in one place. So continuing daily with, let's say it together, one Accord. Somebody said, you know, that's how we know they, what kind of car they drove in the book of uh, Acts. You know, they, they drove Honda Accords. Ain't that terrible? Ain't that cheesy? But anyhow, you won't forget it. So continuing daily with one Accord in the temple, they break bread from house to house, and they ate their food with, some, with gladness and simplicity of heart. And so the first characteristic of a blessed church is that church is... Unified. And when you look at that word you break it down, it's a compound word in the, in the Greek there. That word literally means to be of one mind and one passion. Think about that. When it says they were in one accord, that means there was not any of this divisiveness. There was none of this, none of this preference, my way over your way. They were all rallied around the cross. They were all waiting on the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit comes, and they're empowered to go and preach the gospel throughout the known world. But in order for all of that to happen, they first must be together in unity, in one accord, bound together by the power of the Holy Spirit through the Lord Jesus Christ. They said, we are not going to be divided. We must be united and together. And, and I love that. What does that mean? Does it mean they all agreed on everything? No. No. There had to be some Baptists among them, right? I mean, I mean they, they just could not agree on everything. They probably d- disagreed on a lot of things. Well, let me ask you this. Did they all have the same personality? Did they all have the same personality type? Well, heavens, no. There's Peter. My, lamb. Peter, he's just, he's just ready to preach and ready to go at the drop of a hat. Man, he'll help you drop the hat. There's Peter. He is bold and confrontational. And, and then you've got you got, you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and there she is with her, with her love for God and love for her son who has died and risen from the dead. No, it's not that they have sameness, same personality, same idiosyncrasy, same eccentricity, same. No, no, no. That's not it at all. They were unified, ooh, ooh, watch this, in their love for Jesus and their love for one another. And I'm telling you, a church then, a church today that loves God and loves one another in spite of our differences and our prides and our prejudices, in spite of all those things, and we are bound together in this cord of unity, oh, my word, there is nothing that the church of Jesus Christ cannot accomplish as the church is unified. And one writer puts it this way, and I like this. He said, it's not enough for Christians to have faith in the Lord. They've got to have faith in each other. To these 120, the Lord gave them a solemn responsibility. They were to bear witness to a lost world. But none of them could do this job alone. They would experience severe persecution. In fact, James would lay down his life for Christ. It was not a time for asking, who's the greatest or who committed the greatest sin? No. As they waited and they worshiped together, they were being prepared for the greater work that lie ahead of them. Now, unity, here's what it looks like. It looks like something that we have been praying and praying for at Great Hills Baptist Church. We have been praying that God would take us. And, man, we, we got some fiery personalities. I mean, we got people who are, I mean, they're strong opinions. I know because I'm one of them, right? Strong opinions. And all of us have our preferences, but when we can take that and say, okay, God, let me lay that aside and let me join in with the other ch- children of God, the people of God at Great Hills. And, Lord, our greater purpose is to worship you and to study your word and learn your word and then go out and live your word. So, Lord, let me lock arms. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm laughing. I just had a thought come, come through my head. Can I share my thought with you through my head? Okay. You ever been to a Texas A&M football game? Oh, my words, amen. I, I, at the last, basically last minute, somebody invited me to go and, and watch them play Alabama last night, and I did. And I was pulling for y'all so hard. I'm sorry, Alabama fans, but I was just pulling for Texas A&M to win. And it kind of caught me off guard. I, what, what is this stuff going on? I mean, if you ever been to a Texas A&M game, there's a lot going on. It's like There's all this. Whoa. I mean, everything. I was just like, man, this is this is a story within itself. And a guy I was with. He said, put your leg right here, and I was like, whoa, what, what is happening? He said, put your leg right here, and I. I I put my leg like that, and then this big old guy wrapped his arm around me, in another part, and another person, and I was, I was like, what am I doing? What is going on? And I'm like, like 100,000 of them doing that. And I was like, man, well, that's, that's a beautiful picture of unity, right? I mean, they are together, and they all have a, a common love for Texas A&M, and they had a common enemy. In fact, they had a whole chair that said, beat the H-E-L-L out. I was like, oh, my word. Beat the Hades out of Alabama. And they were just all unified. And I thought, that's a beautiful picture of the church. (laughs) Beat the HADL. Out of the devil. Get him out of here. Lock arms with one another in unison, in harmony. We got a common goal, a common purpose. Before I took off on this journey, I was studying this message again. And it's like the Holy Spirit said, be very practical. Tell the church how to do this. So how do we do that? And God gave me four ups. Jot these down, all right? Jot these down. Get in your, your, your bulletins there or get on your, your, your tablets, your iPads or whatever. And God gave me these four ups to promote unity in a local church. Number one is show up. Show up means be present. Uh, thank you, Daniel, for that good post yesterday. Uh, Hebrews 10, 25 says, Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, but get in church. Be present. Be. Now, it's an interesting day in which we live. In fact, if everybody that are faithful, active members of Great Hills, if everybody were to show up on one day, this place would be jam-packed. But here's the reality. Some of our most faithful people only make it here like once or twice a month. Now, I, I, I'm saddened by that. I know you're saddened by that, but, but welcome to reality, right? A lot of our people travel. Some of our people have to work. And so, listen, let me just tell you this. I'm just thrilled that you're here. Right? I'm thrilled that you're here every Sunday. And as you can be, be here. Be present. If, you are, if you're in the, in the surrounding vicinity of Austin. Get on up. Get to church because there's something very palpable, something very powerful, something very amazing when you show up. Just be here. And you get to see one another. You get to pray with each other. You, people get to ask you, how are you doing? You ask them, how are you doing? And you get to, I just the Box family, we just got a moment to pray with one another and encourage one another. So show up. Alright? Number two is pray up. Alright? Pray up. Nope, that's number three. Let me give you number two. Ready? This is new. I just got this from the Lord yesterday. So hold on. Build up. Build up one another. That same Hebrews 10 24 and 25, two times it says, And as you're together, build each other up. Encourage one another. Admonish one another. How are you doing? I'm fine. No, no, no. No, really tell me. How are you? How are your kids doing? How are your grandkids doing? How's your health? How's your job situation? Well, to be honest with you, it it stinketh. It's just not very good. Would you pray with me? And so you get around and and you pray. Listen, listen to me carefully. You can't do that by yourself. That's impossible. Listen, this is God's ideal. It's not my ideal. God said, I'm going to build my church, my ecclesia, my called out people. And you can never do alone what God intended you to do together, all right? Together. So number one, we show up. Number two, we build up. Number three, we pray up, praying for one another. You know, it's interesting when Jesus, in Matthew chapter five, uh, 7 on the Sermon on the Mount, he said, when you come to the altar, <clears throat> you got your gift, you're trying to worship me. Jesus said, don't do it. You got something against your brother, go get things right with your brother. And then come and bring your offering. And the Lord showed me this too. James five sixteen says... Confess your sins to one another and then pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Anybody? Availeth much. much. Did y'all notice the sequence? Unity precedes prayer. Unity precedes prayer. Confess your sins to one another. In other words, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I forgive you. Let's, let's encourage one another. Jesus said, No, 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 leave this. Leave the altar. Go get right with your brother and then come on and worship. So we got to show up. We got to build up. We got to pray up. Y'all ready for this one? We got to blow up. Ooh, I like that one. Blow it up. You say, What are we blowing up? Pastor, I'm ready. I'm going to blow it up. Blow up bitterness. Blow up division. Blow up gossip. Blow up, listen with me, anything that would harm and hurt the unity of the body of Christ at Great Hills Baptist Church. Blow it up. Just blow it out of the water. I think if we do those four ups, we'll be even more unified and blessed. All right, number two. Ready? Say, what was number one? Number one is unity. Okay, number two is prayer. Let me read these verses to you out of the book of Acts on prayer, Pray in church. So proud of our church. I'm just honest with you guys. I'm I hope you don't misunderstand me. I hope you don't accuse me of pride. You know, there's a good pride and there's a bad pride, right? A good pride, you're proud of your kids, right? Their accomplishments and their love for God and you're proud of your church and the good things that God is doing. That's the kind of pride I'm talking about. Not the arrogance, the haughtiness, the puffiness. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about our church for 40 days. My word. 40 days of praying and fasting and Cleansing the temple. That's, that's amazing. I think we're reaping the benefits. I think we're going to reap benefits for years to come as a result of those 40 days of prayer and fasting. Be praying for me because I'm thinking about doing something else at the first of the year, all right? And so maybe we'll do something. Uh, it won't be easy, but pray. Y'all know I was praying about us having revival in October. Some of y'all, what, what happened to that? It didn't work out. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I was thinking that's what we were going to do. and. There's some things I could tell you, and it just kind of disappointed me, but it just it didn't work out. So just keep praying for me. God, speak to me. Give me wisdom. So pray, pray, pray. I see it. I see it in so many of you individually in your walk with God. I see it in our our. Our connect group classes, almost every one of you guys meet together and pray. The five men that pray with me every Sunday back here. The warriors, praise the Lord. The warriors on the wall. They're in in, in corporate prayer for one another. I love it. And I think we're so much like the early church. And we're so in a position to receive the anointing of God when we pray. All right, pray. Pray much. And in the city, Great Hills Baptist Church, did you know that? God has raised us up. We, we're kind of one of those churches now that the city is looking to for prayer, for leadership. And, and I'm just so honored, I'm so blessed that God is doing that in us and through us. So here it is. These all continued with one accord in prosukamai, prayer, and DC, supplication. They're two entirely different words. The first one has to do with talking to God and requesting of God. The second one, supplication. Let me give you a good definition of D e e s i. It means to beg God. I mean, it's, it's that intense, fervent, passionate praying to God, praying heaven down, asking God, begging of God with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. We read that a moment ago. Now, here's 2.42. And they continued steadfastly, In other words, they didn't let up. They kept on meeting in the apostles' doctrine. By the way, that is a great characteristic of, of a church. A great church is there's apostolic doctrine. There's biblical teaching. There is the charismatic word of God being preached. Charisma is a big Greek word that means the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ being proclaimed and boldly preached by Peter and Paul and the apostles. And they had fellowship with one another in the breaking of bread, And in praying, all right? There's another key word there, praying with one another. Then one more verse. I had to move on over to chapter 4, but I wanted you to catch this. Key characteristic of an early church, any church, really a church that is on fire for God, a church that, hey, listen, when we pray, what we're doing is we're saying, God, we're not adequate. God, we can't do this. Lord, we're not strong enough, smart enough. We don't have enough finances, God. We don't have enough. We don't don't have enough. But Jesus, you're enough. So Jesus, open up the heavens and rain down blessings upon us. And God loves that. God loves to hear his people praying because it's a posture of humility. It's a posture of saying, Jesus, you are awesome and, and we need you. And would you pour out your blessing and favor upon us? Listen, the early church. In Acts chapter 1, they were praying, praying, praying. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, fall down upon us. And boom, he did. Just like there was an advent of the second person of the Godhead Jesus, there was an advent of the third person of the Holy Spirit. And he came in power. And Acts chapter 2 says, man, the church was birthed and born. And man, that church just exploded and went out and changed the world. And here we are as a result of it. And that early church in chapter 4, here's what they did. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God with, say that last word with me, boldness. See, one of the things I think they prayed for, I believe they were praying that the Holy Spirit would come. He did. And now they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're praying, fill us, God, with a spirit not of timidity, not of cowardice, Not a fear. God fill us with boldness. People ask me all the time, how can I pray for you, Pastor? Would you pray for me that God would give me boldness? Some of you are like, well, that's surprising because I I think you are bold. I think you you witness to everybody. No, I don't. But I want to. I don't want to miss one opportunity. Would you pray for me that God would give me a... Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, he said, church at Ephesus, pray for me that I would have boldness. What? greatest christian ever lived said pray for me that i would have boldness and mercy who am i pray that i would have boldness i pray that we as a church would have boldness boldness to do what to get along with each other boldness to share our faith with a lost community boldness to take a stand when everybody else is capitulating and falling down praying for boldness god and let me tell you something i don't know about you Sometimes we get this Lone Ranger mentality. If y'all ever get the woe is me, Elijah syndrome, Jonah syndrome, I'm the only one. I'm just the only one, God, that loves you. I mean, all these heathens, these pagans in Austin, Lord, I'm the only. Y'all ever feel sorry for yourself like that? Now, some of y'all are looking at me, you're like, I see your little angelic halos. No, I never feel it. No, yeah, you do. Yes, you do. But when I come to church on Sundays, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not alone. It's hard out in the world, but i got the people of God. i got the Word of God. i got the Spirit of God. We got, we got the church of God. And you look around and say, man, there's hundreds of people in here trying to pursue Jesus, trying to do the right thing and living for the Lord. I'm not alone. Praise God. That's a blessing of being in a church. A church that comes together unified under the banner of Christ and we're praying and praying for one another. So here's something interesting. When you talk about the church gathered in prayer and the power, the explosive dynamite power, I was thinking that some of you have heard the story. Many of you have not heard this story. So I want to share it with you and then we'll wrap it up. Jim Cimbala is the pastor of Brooklyn Tabernacle Church in uh, in Brooklyn in New York City. The church started with 20 people, 20 people. Our church plant starts today, and many of our people are gathered together today up in Leander and Cedar Park, and we're praying for them, God's anointing, God's blessings on them, on our our daughter, our, our church. And Jim and Carol said, we had 20 people. We had 4 or $5 a week coming in for our offering. He said, we just began to pray and pray a lot. And he said, and God began to bless. And I don't know if you know their story, but if you've never been there, man, I really encourage you. If you're ever up in New York City on a Tuesday night, you owe it to yourself to go to their prayer meeting. How many of y'all have ever been to that? Can I see your hand? Anybody? All right. Praise the Lord. June of uh, 2016, just a couple years ago, I was there. In that prayer meeting, and it's everything they said it was. Jim Simbler comes up. He's very humble. He's very holy. And he just kind of says, let's praise the Lord. And they're praising the Lord. He said, let's pray for two hours. I'm like, where did the time go? September 14th, which was just a few days ago, he was in Austin. And he was at one of our sister churches. And I was down there at Hyde Park with, with a group of pastors. And then that night he tells the story about his daughter, and I feel the Holy Spirit wants me to share this story with you because I think there are some Jim and Carol symbols at Great Hills today. Let me, let me explain. Jim said on Tuesday nights we would have two thousand people gathered together in prayer. He said the unthinkable happened to me and Carol. He said Christy, our daughter, just totally walked away from God. Y'all know anybody like that? He said, wait a minute, I thought that was the pastor, and pastor's kids are perfect. No, they're not. In fact, Christy not only walked away from God, she met a guy in church, and he wasn't a very good guy. By the way, going to church doesn't make you a Christian, just like going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger, all right? It it doesn't happen that way. So he's in church, he meets Christy, and... They begin to date. Man, she just begins to drift and drift, has a child out of wedlock. They're not married. And and Jim said, for Christy, up was down, and down was up. He said, Carol and I, our hearts were broken. Everybody knew in the church what Christy was doing. And and he said, it it was embarrassing. And he said, I tried everything. He said, I tried money. I tried manipulation. He said, I did everything I could to get her back. And the Holy Spirit said, quit, Jim, pray. Pray for your daughter. And he said, man, I did. And I was praying for two and a half years. And on Tuesday night, one of the church members came up to me and said, Pastor, I think we're supposed to pray for Christy tonight. And he said, okay. He said, "Uh, okay, I'll honor that. And so there's 2,000 people there. And they just all in mass just started calling out her name. Lord, bring her home. God, turn her around. God, she knows better. Lord, we didn't raise her that way. Anybody relate to that? I'm just curious. Is there anybody here today that has a Christie? I think there are. I really do. And so after the prayer meeting, Jim Symbol went home. Carol, she didn't make it that night, the prayer meeting. And Jim went up to his wife and he said these words It's over. <laughs> she said, What's over? That Christie's coming home. Carol says, Jim, you can't say that. Don't get my hopes up like that. We don't say that. How do you know that? He said, Honey, if you'd been there tonight, you'd know. Holy Spirit, He came in power and He revealed to me that she's home. She's coming home. The next morning, He said, I was shaving. My wife walked into the bathroom. She said, You will not believe who's in our house. He <laughs> said, It's her. Carol said, Jim, she only wants to talk to you. She just wants to talk to you. Oh Jim, similarly runs downstairs and there she is, like this. She's literally like this. And her dad walks up, and her dad is standing right there, and she grabs his pants legs like this. She goes, Dad, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. And Jim picks her up. He goes, honey, he says, he says, of course I forgive you. It reminded me of the, prodigal, the parable the parable of the prodigal son, right? He, he's got this big speech prepared, and she's asking, forgive me, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you as the pastor. I've sinned against our church. I'm so sorry. Dad, who was praying last night? That's what she did. I mean, she jumped up, and she was like, she pointed at her dad. She goes, who was praying last night? He goes, honey, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What are you, what are you talking about? And she had this fire in her eyes. He said, your name did come up last night. I I, I will admit it. And he said, why? I had a vision. I was going to hell. I was on my way to the abyss of hell. And in this vision, Dad, I'm telling you, listen to me, Dad. This is real as I'm looking at you right now. Jesus Christ came to me. I was on the precipice of hell, and he wrapped his arm around me. And here's the part that got me. And he wasn't mad. He wasn't, he wasn't mad. He just loved me. He said, come home. It's time. So Christy is married today to a pastor and has kids. How about that? The power of a praying church. I'm going to ask it again. Who here today, you don't need to raise your hand, but I believe there are many godly men and women in this church. You did not raise your child to do what she's doing or what he's doing, and it breaks your heart, right? It breaks your heart. Can we pray for them? Can we as a church pray for your granddaughter and your grandson and your children that they would come home? And I want to do that. I honestly do. Part of our invitation today is I want us to pray Pray for our kids and pray for those that know better, that we're not raised that way. But for a number of reasons, god in, I know all the reasons. Got in with the wrong crowd. They were deceived and they were, they had a weak moment and now they're embarrassed and they don't, they feel like they can't come back. And I want us to, to pray. Some of you are here today and maybe you are Christy. <laughs> maybe you've walked away from God and you're, you're coming back and you're afraid that I'm going to be condemned, I'm going to be judged. Listen, Jesus, he wraps his arms around you today, and he says, I don't, I'm not mad, I'm just glad you're home, and I bring you back into fellowship. And if that's you, would you come home? Would you come back? Let us pray with you. Let us encourage you. The Holy Spirit won't let this off in my heart, so here's what I want to do. I want to ask if you have somebody that you're very concerned about, and you really want us to pray for him or for her especially if you're a parent or a grandparent would you stand would you, would you stand now while everybody's here and looking around okay I want you to remain standing okay rest of you just look just look around okay and here's what I want us to do after I pray this prayer our team's gonna come up. They're gonna lead us in a song. Some of you, not all of you, but some of you will want to come to the altar and you'll just want to pray. And I get that, and I respect that, and I say praise God for that. Some of you are here today. Listen to this: you are the person being prayed for, and you are coming home, and we welcome you. Okay, we want to help you in your next step, your next journey. So bow our heads. Let's bow our heads. Close our eyes. Thank you so much for standing. Lord God in heaven. I join my prayer with the prayers of these parents and grandparents. Lord, their hearts are broken. And Lord, they're praying for their Christy, and they're praying for their daughter and their granddaughter. And they're praying for their son and their grandson. Maybe it's a nephew or a niece. And Lord, I just come alongside of them, and I want to join my prayer with their prayer and ask you, God, to bring them home. For some, Lord, it means opening their darkened eyes so that they could see the light of the glory of the gospel. They could see, Lord, that that promiscuous lifestyle is not, not what it's cracked up to be. That God, this deviant behavior and this, this new fad, this cool thing that they're into, God, it's only going to lead them to destruction. Would you reveal that to them, God? Would you break the chains, Lord, that are binding them, Lord, chains of deception and accusation. And Jesus Christ, I pray in your name and in your blood and through the power of your spirit that you would come, oh God, and break those chains and break those bondages that have enslaved our kids, Lord, and our grandkids. And we're praying, God, even now, that you would do a miracle in their lives. And I join my people, Lord. I join my people in praying for them. The bondages, Lord, would be broken, chains would fall. And God, reveal to them, Lord, that you love them. That God, you, you died for them and you want them back. Satan, we hate you, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus, in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and all your demonic hordes flee. You have no power, no right in their lives. We claim them in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said amen praise the lord and praise the lord let's all stand up and we'll have our song we'll sing and i invite you if you want to come to the altar man you come you need somebody to pray with you and encourage you you come and we'll do that so terry and the team they're going to lead us in a song and we're going to have our invitation